Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the 10th and Broad Church of Christ podcast. Today's message is presented by Ken Holsberry, the preaching minister at the 10th and Broad Church. Let's tune in now for Ken's message. Well, in our culture, we have lots of time on our hands, and we have a lot of folks have lots of money at their discretion, and you match that with a, a, a need for attention that is at, is at an all-time high. And, and what you get is that everything has become an event. Everything is an event. I'm glad that I don't live as a young person with that kind of pressure. But one of the things that has become an event, and it always has been, but the, it, weddings can kind of become an event. Uh, as a preacher, those are not always my favorite things to be a part of. Because some very often it's just a big event and there's a lot of expectations and there's a lot of drama and, and you've gone to a wedding or you've seen or heard about a wedding that was just kind of over the top. But, but weddings can become uh, uh, major events and they should be. But, but when I do premarital counseling, I don't do pre-wedding counseling, I do pre-marriage counseling. Because as important as the event is, as important as the wedding is, it's what happens at that event that changes the status for you and your spouse and how you live into the future. And I've never done marriage counseling after the fact where someone was having a problem in their marriage that they just kind of wrung their hands and said, but the wedding was so good. And I wonder if we don't treat baptism that way. We put a lot of emphasis on the event, and we should. We've talked over the last couple of weeks that it's a big event. Something very significant happens there. But it's what that, that event signifies. It's the change that takes place that impacts the way we live afterward. And so I want us to think this morning, not just about the event of baptism, but what we said last week, what God does in that moment. And how it impacts and how we should live as we continue. And so let's worship this morning. Let's give God praise and honor. And thank you for being here. I ask you to go ahead and take out your uh, insert in your bulletin. And there's an outline there for you to follow along with. And going to get you to fill in blanks from the very first statement this morning. That kind of sets the direction and the tone for where we're headed When we emphasize the act of baptism, but don't live a baptized life, we make baptism mandatory and Jesus optional. Just let that stay there for a minute. When we emphasize the act of baptism, but don't live a baptized life. What we end up doing, what we end up communicating, is that baptism is mandatory, but Jesus is optional. Whenever I talk to someone about following Jesus, about believing in Jesus, about being baptized into the name of Jesus. I talk to them about Jesus in two ways. I talk to them about Jesus as Savior, and I talk to them about Jesus as Lord. 
And Jesus as Savior is something that that comes pretty quickly, that happens immediately. Jesus offers his salvation readily. And when we believe in him and in the work that he did to save us, and when we are baptized because of that belief, then Jesus becomes our Savior. He saves us. But Jesus as Lord takes more time. Jesus as Lord actually takes a lifetime. It's, it's in some ways when I talked earlier about the event, the wedding and the marriage, in some ways it's, it's that baptism is, is the event. It's, it's the wedding. Jesus as Savior is, is the wedding, but Jesus as Lord is the marriage. And it's what requires a daily sacrifice. It's what requires daily following in his footsteps. And so as we finish our series on baptism this morning, I want us to look at what happens after the event and talk about what it means to live a baptized life, a life in which Jesus is Lord. Let's start. We're going to go through several passages this morning. They're in your outline or you can follow along on the screen or on your device or there is something I think it's a book that opens up that some people use. I don't know. Let's start with Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them To obey everything that I've commanded. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This great commission, this last commission that Jesus gives us, we see Jesus in that commission as Savior and we see him as Lord. We see an event and we see a life. We see a wedding and we see a marriage. We see baptism and we see what comes after. And so what does come after baptism? What comes after that is teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And that is lordship. For most of our, or in our lifetime, I'll say it that way. In our lifetime, I don't think it has ever ever been more important that we not miss this because most of us grew up in churches that really really emphasized baptism and i'm thankful for that in fact we would even use the phrase we got to get them wet it was an event we wanted to make sure it happened and that event became the main thing and i believe baptism is a main thing But too often we have and sometimes still do neglect what comes after. We emphasize Jesus as Savior. We have backed off of Jesus as Lord. We put our emphasis on the wedding ceremony and have not invested in the marriage. And to some degree we were able to get away with that. Here's what I mean by that. Again, for most of our lifetime, we have lived in a time, in a place, and in a culture that in some ways kind of supported what we were doing. There was a general Judeo-Christian ethic 
that was recognized by the world around us, even if they weren't a part of God's church, they still recognized this moral code that our nation kind of was built on. And so in some ways we could get away, we could get them wet, but we didn't really do much with them afterwards. And too often what we saw is we just never saw them again. But in some ways we could get away from that. I'm telling you, we cannot get away with that anymore. There is no way if we're going to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we're going to make an impact on individuals that we are trying to help find their way back to God, if we're going to have any impact on the world around us and on our families, there is no way we can neglect what comes after baptism. We absolutely must invest heavily in teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. We talk about that around here very often as discipleship. The reason we cannot neglect that is because we live in a world that isn't just sort of encouraging or giving lip service to what we believe. We live in a world that is actively engaged in undermining what Jesus taught and the lifestyle that he calls us to live. And so if we just get them wet, but we don't teach them and invest in them, and spend time with them, and walk with them, and help them understand what it looks like to live a baptized life, then there's really not much hope for them in terms of it sticking, and in terms of it making a difference. And so we've got to do both, the event, the wedding, and the marriage. We've got to to present Jesus as Savior and Absolutely, we must present him as Lord. That's the commission that Jesus has given us. It's the commission that he gave in that moment to the the apostles and to the disciples who were in front of him. And they got it. And as we look at some more scriptures, we're going to see that they got it. Peter was one of those who was standing there and heard that commission. And 10 days later was in Jerusalem. Hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people were pouring into Jerusalem because it was the Feast of Weeks, one of the three feasts that God ordained that Jews were supposed to come back to Jerusalem. And on that day, with those huge crowds there, the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles. And Peter got up and he preached in such a way that no matter what country or language they were from, they heard the message that Jesus is both Christ and Lord. Here's what Peter preached in Acts chapter 2. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, what should we do? And Peter replied, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. What an incredible event. 
what an, what an incredible, wonderful event when 3,000 people believed in the gospel, the message of Jesus and his death and his burial and his resurrection. And they wanted to know what to do because they believed. And Jesus said, repent, turn your life, go in a new direction, be baptized. You'll have your sins washed away. You'll receive the Holy Spirit. We talked about all of that a couple of weeks ago. But I want you to see that Jesus, that Peter did not neglect the rest of the commission of Jesus. He baptized and then he taught. We know that if we keep reading in Acts chapter 2. And they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking bread together. To prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, and all the believers were together and they had everything in common. And they they sold property and possessions and they gave to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying. The favor of the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What happened after baptism? Well, everything. Life in Jesus. Apostles teaching them everything that Jesus had taught them. Teaching these new Christians to obey that. They were, they were, they were taking the Lord's Supper together. They were remembering His death and His burial and His resurrection with bread and with the cup. They were fellowshipping. They were singing and they were praying. And they were helping each other out. And they were meeting together. They were spending life together and learning what it looked like to live life with Jesus as Lord. And you know what happened? Other people began to notice. And folks were just in wonder at what was going on. Because that's what a baptized life will do. It'll make other people notice because it is so radically different from the life of anyone who is not baptized. They were living out their baptism. Peter heard the commission of Jesus and he went and that's what he did. He preached baptism and he preached how to live with Jesus as Lord. Let's look at what Paul said about it. First Corinthians six. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But... But is one of the best words in the Bible, folks. But you were baptized. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the spirit of our God. Okay, that's a pretty graphic list that Paul writes down. And be, be like standing up here saying that and saying to you, that's what you, that's what you were. I mean, not just some general idea. He's saying, no, that's what you were, but not anymore. Why? 
Because an event took place in your life that changed everything. You were washed. This this is baptismal language. You were washed. We talked about that. We are all filthy and we need to be cleaned. And in baptism, God washes our sins away. You were sanctified. That's a that's a word that means you you're you're holy, you're set apart for a purpose. And in baptism, God sets us apart. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He puts us in a new family. We're sanctified. We are justified. That's language that just means we're right before God. We're righteous. We, we are righteous because we are in Christ and he gives us his righteousness because we're united with his death and his burial and his resurrection. Washed, sanctified, justified. Paul says something happened that changed who you were and you don't live the same anymore. And Paul is telling them and the Holy Spirit is telling us baptism matters. It is an event in which God does something significant and life after is different and changed. Everything has changed. Everything must change because Jesus is Savior and Jesus is also Lord. And when we focus on Jesus as Savior, we focus on His grace. And I am so thankful for His grace. And I'm thankful that we sang about His grace. We are hopeless without the grace of God. We are forgiven and we are free. But when we talk about Jesus as Savior, we have to do what Paul did over in Romans chapter 6. And we have to say, okay, this is incredibly good news. And we are, we are covered in grace. But does that mean we just keep on sinning so that we can have more grace? And Paul says, absolutely not. Because not only is just Jesus Savior, Jesus is Lord. And it changes how you live. He's the one who decides how you live. You don't get to decide anymore. He's the one who is in charge of your life. He's the one who decides how you behave. He's the one who decides how you make decisions. He's the one who decides how you live out in your marriage. Jesus as Lord and King is the one that we have submitted our life to. And he's in charge. Let's go over to Colossians. Keep seeing this. In Colossians, Paul's going to compare baptism to circumcision. Something we read about and know about from the old covenant that marked every Jewish male. And Paul is going to say that in the new covenant, baptism becomes the thing that marks us. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. But not by physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. The cutting away of our sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life. Because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Jesus from the dead. So circumcision is a physical event that that cuts off something that is not needed. Baptism is the spiritual event that cuts off what needs to be gotten rid of. Our sinful nature. God does a work in us when he baptizes us. When he saves us. And if I trust in him, if I believe in him, and we said that earlier, it's just getting wet if there's no belief and trust. But if we trust and believe, we get a whole new life. And Paul's going to say, so live like it. That's what he constantly does with baptism. He points back and he says, here's what happened, so live like it. Over in the next chapter in Colossians. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking in you. We've talked about this salvation. There's a partnership. God does some things. I do some things. Right here, Paul says, you got to do something. God has put it to death. He's cut it out. you got to put it to death too. Get rid of it. It's lurking in you. 
have nothing to do with. And then Paul gives this long list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy. For the greedy person is an idolater. Worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world. But now's the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature with all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. We can find other lists like this in the New Testament. And it's always in the same context. Because of who you are in Christ, don't do these things. Because you've been baptized, don't do these things. Because you walk in the Spirit, don't live like this anymore. Put that kind of life to death. And the New Testament has lots of lists. And the preacher in me just really wants to give you a list this morning. But instead, I'm going to give you a story. A friend of mine, brother in Christ, doesn't go to church here, but some of you have met him. He talked to me a week and a half ago. How's your new year going? He said, you know, I really took stock this year. I kind of stopped and just took stock and I noticed something. He said he grew up in a really, really legalistic church. And as he's matured in Christ, he's learned a lot about grace and freedom. And so one of the things that last year he did is in his freedom in Christ, he said, I want to start enjoying a glass of wine. And so throughout last year, he did that. And it got to be a a kind of a, a habit every night as he'd get ready to go to bed, he'd have a glass of wine. Nothing wrong with that. But he said, as he took stock this year he began to notice that as time went on through the year more and more and more all day long what he looked forward to was the glass of wine and very often he thought i can get through the day if i can just get to tonight when i can sit down and have a glass of wine and he began to notice that he couldn't go to sleep if he didn't have a glass of wine And he began to notice that when he didn't get to have his glass of wine, he really, his behavior was different. And he treated his wife in a way that he wasn't happy about at all. And so he said he didn't really realize all that when he was in the middle of it. But at the new year, just kind of looking back, he he, he thought, wow, I, I did not realize that had grown in the way that it had grown. And And he said, Ken, there's a reason they call alcohol spirits. And he said, I decided this year, I want to be ruled and led and filled with only one spirit. And that's the spirit of God. So he said, I have the freedom to do that. But it wasn't good for me. I'm going to give that up. And that's what I want to call you to do this morning. I could give you a list. And it's okay to give lists. Paul does it. The Holy Spirit does it. But instead, I want you to just reflect on your year and take stock. And I want to do what the New Testament constantly does and say to you, you have been baptized. 
You are not your own. And when you were baptized, God cut out this dead, ugly part of you. And he is regenerating. That word was in the verse we read earlier. He, he's regenerating a whole new you. It's full of life, full of his spirit, full of goodness. But you've got a part in that process. And so take stock. What do you need to put to death? What do you need to cut out? What do you need to ask God to root out of you? Because Jesus is Lord of your life. Lord of your whole life. So I want to end with another story. A friend of mine named Jordan is a preacher. This story is about his uncle. And I told Starlet not to be offended because he was a, a Canadian. Who became an American citizen. And was very, very proud of that. That just, that just for some reason became a really big deal to him. He wanted to be an American citizen. He, he made it happen. He was proud of it. And that, he, he had changed his allegiance. And that was a big deal to him. And as we're going to see, changing allegiance was a big deal to him in a lot of ways. He was very successful out in the oil field in West Texas. And he's kind of a flashy guy. And he had the money. And so he, he wore tailored suits. And he wore a Rolex watch. And he wore ostrich skin boots. And he had a wallet that was full of money. He went to a little church. He was kind of traveling around and visiting. He went to a little church one Sunday morning. And preacher preached and spirit convicted. And somebody came forward and they wanted to give their life to Christ. They believed and they wanted to be baptized. And something was wrong with the baptistry. So they all walked across the street to a member's house who had a swimming pool. And he went with them. And the preacher and the man got down in the water. And he baptized him and raised him up. And the preacher just looked up and said, anybody else? And before anyone could blink, Jordan's uncle just dove into the water. Tailored suit, Rolex watch, ostrich skin boots, wallet full of money, dripping wet. And he said, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to change my allegiance. And he was baptized and he was raised new. And everyone was just shocked it all happened so fast. And he's just fully clothed. And now he gets out and he's dripping wet. And he, he said, you may think I didn't think about it, but I thought about it. And I decided I wanted everything to be baptized. So I want to ask you to stand. That's not part of the story. That's part of this morning. Because I want us all to leave here this morning dripping wet. And if you have been baptized into Christ. You didn't just get wet. God did something in your life. And so I just say to you this morning, live like it. 
And if I or anyone here can help you do that, that is what we are about. And if you've got something that you need to cut out of your life, if you've got something that you need to put to death, folks, don't be ashamed. Don't hide that. Don't think, oh my goodness, just confess it. Come clean with it. Repent it. Share it with somebody. That's what the Bible teaches us to do, to confess our sins to each other because that's how we bring it into the light and that's how that we get help to defeat it and to overcome it and to keep walking as Jesus is Lord. And so if you're standing there this morning and you know you got something you need to cut out, you know you got something you need to put to death, today is a day for you to take action and do that. And you can come, you can come to me up front, you can turn to the person next to you, you can go to the elder and his wife here in a few minutes and they will pray with you and we will walk with you. But if you've already been baptized, Look back on that as a marker event in your life and say, okay, take stock. What do I need to do? Because Jesus is Lord of my life. And if you have not been baptized, if you have not experienced the change that God will work in your life because you believe in his son, And what he did for you on the cross. And don't let this day pass up without you coming. And saying yes I believe Jesus is my savior. And I want to be washed clean. And I want to receive the Holy Spirit. And I want to be added to the family of God. And I want to I want to have that event to look back on. So I can know everything has changed. And I want to begin to lead lead my life with Jesus as Lord. Make that decision this morning. We're going to sing a song. I've got towels up here. I just ask you this morning to respond, not to me, respond to God as he calls to you this morning while we sing.